Commercial kitchens have a really interesting communication system, as well many jobs do. Any of you that have ever been in the military, you know there's a certain set of words that you need to use, and it seems that the more urgent and the more necessary the work being done, the shorter the phrases and the more concise the talk so that a lot of information can be conveyed in just a little bit of time. <clears throat> An example from what I'm used to. When talking in the kitchens, okay, we would have folks from all kinds of different backgrounds and all kinds of places, but we'd have to learn one communication set, one set of skills to be able to talk to each other, whether from Guatemala or Mexico or California or Iowa. It didn't really matter. Anybody that was coming into this kitchen had to know how to talk to one another. And more often than not, you didn't have time for full sentences. It had to be fast. had to be urgent. You had to get stuff done. And so in a kitchen setting, you would have an expediter on one side of the line where the plates would come up, right? And they kind of handle all of the communication going on in the front of the house where people sit would all get funneled to that one person. Now, on the other side of that line, you would either have the chef or another expediter. They were the two voices that would talk. And they would handle any of the concerns that were going on on the kitchen side. And so that way you had one person talking to one person and the communication was always very interesting. Because, like I said, it would never be full sentences. You would hear things like, check, table 12, fire, appetizers, go, heard, got it, and then it's gone, and it's happening, okay? Or you'd hear things, you know, from one of the cooks, namely myself, when I would get behind on things, and, and I would kind of call out that check again. A check was like a question. Can you answer this for me? You know, check, table 12 and table 17. What are the appetizers again? And they would read them off. Heard, got it. And then they'd get going. And then you hear things like all day, you know, you start doing counts of things. I need 15 steaks all day, three fired now, two, wait, hold. They're just, you know, went to the restroom or something. And so you have to have this concise communication so things could get done. One language, one goal. It'd be nice if we were all able to talk the same language. Can you imagine that right after the flood? Right after the waters recede, as the generations are just starting to grow numerous enough to build a whole city with one language. Have you ever tried to communicate work to somebody? Those of you in the business world that have done team building exercises and you have like a screen up and one person has to talk and the other person has to put Legos together. How to communicate what that looks like. How to communicate so you both end up with the same looking piece at the end. It's interesting how we hear communication. But imagine one language, one people. Imagine the things that could get done. There's a lot going on. These folks, right after the flood, wanted to build a city. Build a city with materials and ways of doing it that took some work. To get enough wood to burn bricks, you had to go about 100 miles away from where they were at. To get enough lumber to fire the ovens, to harden the bricks, to build the cities and build this ziggurat temple to mark a place for them. Bitumen, mortar, tar. You had to go about 80 to 100 miles away again in a slightly different direction to go and get these pieces, to bring them into this place so that you could build something that nobody had seen. One language, one goal. And God looks down and says, look at what they can do. 
There's nothing that's impossible. Now, it seems pretty mean of God at this point to go down and confuse what seems to be such a good thing going on. Can you imagine if the whole world still spoke one language? I mean, it's almost close with some. You can narrow it down to about three languages and probably get around in most places on the, on the uh, globe. And between English and French, maybe even Chinese. I mean, think of the languages that are spoken in high schools, that are taught in high schools. They're usually narrowed down to just a handful to where you could probably get most business done around the world with knowing maybe three or four languages. It's pretty amazing. But here are these people out of almost fear, wanting to build a place, wanting to set up an area where they would be secure and where they would be solid and where they would not be dispersed and where they can make a name for themselves. Think about that for a second. The whole world had just been flooded, wiped out, except for Noah and his family, whom God preserved, whom God claimed as his. And they exit the boat, still with God as their head, and as a couple of generations have gone on, that relationship is all but forgotten. And they want to make a name for themselves. They had a name. And they either forgot it or pushed it away. And now they wanted to do things on their own. Now they wanted to make a name for themselves. Now they wanted to make their mark on the earth so that they wouldn't be dispersed and all would know who they were by their own accord by their own understanding, by their own work, by their own hand, forgetting about God's hand in it all. See, they, would, they wanted to reach and have a tower that was so magnificent, maybe the goal wasn't necessarily to get to heaven, but it certainly towered in the heavens, in the sky, something that for such a far distance away, you could look and say, that's our place. That's who we are. That's our identity. That's by our work and our understanding and our language and our hand. And this is ours, our mark upon the earth. It may seem like something that's far gone. How do you want to be remembered sometimes? There's times at which maybe we want to make a mark. Maybe we want our name to last. Maybe we want something to happen. And in the restaurant setting, we were not out solely for the service and care of everybody else. We wanted to be the spot in town. We wanted to make a mark so that our service was so good and our food was so good. When somebody thought of a restaurant, they thought of ours first. They thought of our place first. And there are many aspects that go into that. But nonetheless, we had a goal. Be the number one spot in town, making the best food, taking care of people in the best way possible. Why? So we could keep the doors open. So that we could make money. So that we could provide what we knew how to provide, but do it in a way so we can make ends meet also. But we wanted to make our mark. And it sounds like the folks around the plain of Shiner, Babel, Babylon, that whole area wanted to make their mark too. They wanted to make their connection. They wanted to make their place as they worked their way from where they were at so that God would notice them. 
There's a beautiful spot in there with all of that hard work, with all of that language, with all of that effort that was put into making their mark to get as high as they could possibly get. It still says, and God came down. Out of their ability to ever make a connection in those means, God came down. God came down and dispersed them. The whole reason they were building the town, the whole reason they were building this place, the whole reason they were making their mark. And God came down and dispersed them. See, they were unified. They were unified. They had their mission. They had their goal. They had what they wanted to get done in the area. They were unified and God broke it up. They were unified by their work. They were unified by their hands. They were unified by how they spoke. They were unified as a people, but not by God. I think that response from God is an interesting one when he says, look at what they can do. Let us go down there and break it up lest they keep going and do whatever is in their mind, basically. If you follow that thought process through, that basically means what could they accomplish Just imagine what they could accomplish that would separate themselves from God. With all of their intuition, with all of their thought, all of their ability, all of the gifts that have given to be given and used in a way to separate themselves from their creator. And God comes down and breaks it up. You see, he doesn't leave it there either. Our lives get broken up a lot of times. I'm sure many of you have had plans on where you thought you were going to go, plans on what you were going to accomplish, plans on things that you were going to get done, and a trajectory of life that you were ready to see happen. And God said, hold on a minute. See, his purposes are going to take root. His purposes are going to take hold, right? And we see that happen at Pentecost. See, again, the people were unified around Babel before God broke things apart, but they were unified around their own work. In Pentecost, they're unified by God's work. They're unified as the Holy Spirit poured out and spoke to, about Christ, pointed to Christ, because, see, the Holy Spirit is never separated from the Word. Holy Spirit works through the Word. And as Peter preached in a beautiful sermon, he points to Christ. He points to Jesus as the fulfillment of all that had happened in the Old Testament. And he points to how Jesus is the one that unifies. Through that Word, the Holy Spirit's working. Through that Word, the Holy Spirit's calling. Through that Word of Jesus through that pointing to Jesus' work upon the cross and life afterwards and the ascension that happened just 10 days prior to that moment, God is unifying his people again, calling them under one name. They didn't need to make a name for themselves anymore because he was giving them a name. And he gives you a name. Son, daughter, child of mine, forgiven, You carry a name. When you are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you not only carry His name, but He looks at you as an heir. He looks 
at you as the one who is forgiven because of Jesus. Called, gathered, and enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Claimed in faith with that gift of faith that only the Holy Spirit can give. It holds on to you. Whether or not we speak the same language anymore, whether or not we have the same goal in mind anymore, He works through your life first to claim you and then to send you. So that you could do the same thing Peter does and point to Jesus. And through that word, through that preached word, through that spoken word, when it's spoken out of Scripture or read, the Holy Spirit is working. Continually strengthening the faith that's given as a gift in your heart and calling others to that same faith so that we would be unified in faith. Not by work of our own hands or anything else, but by work of God. And so in that moment in the Old Testament where things seem mean by God, We see in the New Testament, we see at Pentecost the reversal of that first action. And that reversal of that first action that happens with grace and with love and with care as he calls all people unto himself, as they hear that word preached in their own language. Didn't matter what language or what background or what area they came from, they still heard of God's forgiveness in Jesus. They still heard of his love for them. They still heard of his care for his creation and his want to have his creation back and how that's accomplished through Christ for them and for you. So now when we, we start thinking about that communication again, there, you know, we hear it. There's times in life where things just kind of seem like they're rolling along and it's fine and we hear Scripture and it just kind of rolls through one ear and out the other and that, that's going to happen from time to time. But every now and then something's read and it sparks something. You kind of go, ah, I heard that. I heard that, God. And that's that spirit working through the Word to continually grab on to you, His child, the one that he is named. And I guess the best way to end is with Peter's words at the end of, the se- end of his sermon. So, rise. Let us go from here. Amen. Would you please rise as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that you give and the work that you do by your spirit to hold on to us as your children. Claimed by you, forgiven through Christ, and strengthened each day to do the work that you have set out before us, loved and forgiven by you. We pray that you give us hearts of courage to care for those who are around us. Eyes open to see where the Spirit is working through your word in our lives and where you call us to go. Be with us the rest of this morning and as we walk out these doors as your presence is never far from us. Your your comforter, your helper sent to be in and amongst our lives at every step. In your son Jesus' name and by your spirit we pray. Amen.